Hi guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Ida Aslin Show and I'm super excited for today's episode because I'm now back home in Singapore and joining me this week is my first ever Singaporean guest, Shaira Suhimi. She's better known as Mrs. Fluff or the head baker of the well-known and well-loved Fluff Bakery here in Singapore. Shara is also a good friend of mine and her warmth and her energy, mashallah, is just super, super contagious. It's what made me fall in love with her. She recently adopted baby Noah, who is also the most adorable boy I've ever laid my eyes on. And together, we spoke about infertility, her process of adopting baby Noah. We also spoke about, of course, Fluff Bakery and how she thought she picked too early in life and her quote-unquote Mina roots. Now you have to listen in to the whole conversation to know what exactly I'm talking about. There was so much laughter in this one but at the same time there was also so much love because when we were recording this episode Noah was just playing right in front of our eyes so this episode is very special. But before we jump in, here's a quick shout out to AA Plus, the proud sponsor for this week's episode and also the premium membership platform that my team and I have proudly created to help you feel more spiritually, mentally and emotionally connected every day. It's a good for your soul, easy on the pocket membership program for the constantly curious and it's packed full of awesome content that will inshallah help you be closer to being your best version of yourself we would love for you to check us out so simply head on over to aaplus.co not.com just co to get started and i look forward to sharing with you more good stuff over there but for now, snuggle in and if you can, grab some kropo of Love Cupcakes to munch on in honour of this episode with Shaira. Editor, cue my music. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Ida Azlin Show and today with me is Shaira, my Hello. good slash Mina friend. Yes, we are all the Mina Chachukang. <laughs> also, you're my first Singaporean. Yes! Finally! finally. My countryman. Represent! <laughs> Plus 65. <laughs> okay, so Shaira, before we proceed with the episode... Yes. Can you just maybe introduce yourself? Okay, so my name is Shaira and I'm 33 this year and I'm the owner and head baker at Fluff Bakery. So we've had Fluff Bakery for maybe about a bit more than six years, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mashallah. So Fluff Bakery is like a huge part of your identity. Yes. And obviously we are going to talk about that. But I also want to like start the conversation by saying that I've seen how you kind of grown and progressed. I mean, you were Mrs. Fluff for yes. a long time that was like attached to your identity. But now I think you are now more known as Noah's mom. Yes, I am. So it has been quite like a sudden, I would say, transition. Yeah. I guess your identities change as you grow in life. You I know? guess, yeah. From like Mina Chachukang to Mrs. <laughs> Fluff to Noah's mom, you see? So right now you are Noah's mom. Yes. More that, That's like your main head. Yeah, or you people say, hey, you fluff bakery girl, right? Can also. 
Yeah. Okay, talking about fluff, right? Even when that was going on, you were quite, not private, but like, you did not exaggerate. Like, you know how like people would be like, yeah, I'm the owner of blah, blah, blah. Like, like they okay. would use it so much. I guess I... Because you're, okay, this is what I noticed. Yeah. You, your Instagram profile, your personal Instagram profile yes. was private for a yes. long and time. And then it became public only by like a matter of mistake. <laughs> I did a mistake oh, on Instagram. And then I woke up and saw all these like approved friend requests from many years of just oh ignoring that. So I was like, I was panicking. I was like, oh crap, now I've got to delete all my that's no-no photos. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually by mistake. Yes. Yeah, so I thought I was... Trying to, I think, join some contest or I don't know lah <laughs> what it was lah. I can't remember what it was, but I had to like unprivatize it or something like that. Uh, and then I didn't know it would automatically just like approve like a I didn't million, know that too. Like not million lah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it approved like so many like pending fan requests from over the years that it's been private. Oh, I kind of like really, I really panic. I'm like, what do I do? I think this this fact like just made the story even more interesting because I thought like you made the conscious decision to like okay let me put it on public no because i feel like i so, I have like so many things to hide you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm so scared of being judged <laughs> so i'm like oh crap no it's public but mm. just roll with it lah so that was the change that i realized that you you were quite a private person yeah not in a sense of like you are quiet because if anyone knows you, you're so not quiet. <laughs> you're very you're this vivacious um energy that you are but how has that changed for you because from living a kind of private life yeah. to being this person that people really um, enjoy like learning about your life I mean I, I enjoy sharing things about my life like for example about Noah about the things that I cook so it became like a platform for me to share the things that I want to share mm. and it might seem like I'm sharing everything but actually it's really quite selective yeah it's really because I saw your, all your IG highlights are just food yeah. Like recipes and yeah. Noah and one yeah. South Africa trip. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I guess that's my life. But mm. it allows me to share things that I want to share without without sharing too, too much. much. Yeah. And by being a public profile on Instagram, I realized that it has benefited me as well. Yeah. Because if, for example, like I have problems or something that like I needed something to get solved, and I'll get advice from people. And yeah. like crowdsourcing, so it really yeah. is, it really is helpful. Like for example, I say um, I need the best keropok. Where do I where do I get this keropok? <laughs> you guys? and your keropok, <laughs> it's like me and kentang, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, it's useful in that sense, lah. I get it. Yeah. It's like our little. And I made friends. Yeah, I made really good friends from me being public on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, it's like our own online kampung. Yes, you know, and like I guess the more you share, the more people can get to know more about you and the more people can like, hey, I can actually hang out and chill with this person. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just really want to show that you don't have to be so... I mean, you can really still be yourself and still be on Instagram. Some people feel like they have to put out like a perfect Faham. persona. Yeah. But I don't I don't feel that way. If people just don't like me, then unfollow lah. No one's forcing you, what? You know what I mean? That's what I really love about you. Like, you are so authentically yourself. I'm sure you get this a lot. Like, I don't feel any airs around you. Like, you've always been this super down-to-earth person. And I guess that's what really attracts 
people like me to you i don't know i just feel like you know how like sometimes you follow people and they post like a lot of ig stories and then mm. you don't really want to see it but i really like seeing your ig stories so i oh thank you i really don't mind coming from ida asley no, like, i made it in life <laughs> no i really like, like even you chopping vegetables or you like cleaning noah or i don't know you made it fun i think because people just needs to see like Cause everything's so perfect. Yeah. So when you see something that is like real, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, she's the same as me. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people should kind of learn more. I guess I will be the first one to say that sometimes I feel like if an image or something is not as perfect, like I wouldn't mm-hmm. post it. You Just know? because you're like, I have to keep up this. Yeah. Like image it, of like yeah. of my feet or something, right? It's very unhealthy. Yeah, but it's yeah. so stressful, is it? I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like oh, nobody really cares actually you just I post whatever you want I post a picture of yourself sleeping <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> okay so Shaira yes. um, let's go back to Fluff alright so actually this is not the first time we're recording a podcast yes. episode we actually did one for AA Plus and the girls love it and that's why it was a no brainer for, for me to ask you to come back what's up girls what's up <laughs> <laughs> god <laughs> So Fluff, you mentioned at the the podcast video for AA+ mm-hmm. that you kind of wondered if you picked too soon. Yes. That was something you brought up. That is still something that I think about on periodically. Really? Yeah. I wanted to know like one year on, like has it changed for you? I guess it will I will always have moments where I feel that way, mm. but now less so because I have something to distract me which is my son. <laughs> so I, I think of it less nowadays. But for example, the times where I see my friends are doing very well in their careers or they're actually in the process of achieving something, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes me think like, did I just pick too early? Mm. Then so what, what do I do now? Do mm. I open a cafe? Sh- should I do something so I seem like I'm busy, you know? It's what like, do you mean? Like, do I? You are so busy. You go to the gym at eight thirty a.m. sometimes <laughs> to have some me time. <laughs> and your mom, okay, you but carve it out. Yeah. Let's have some context. When fluff like boomed, how old were you? Huh, you know, I'm really, really bad at this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, really? Like math and counting age, but I think maybe about twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. So that's twenty-seven. That's like six, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. But like when fluff launched right and, yep. it, and it did really 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 well it did really well for about I think three years mm-hmm. yeah and then I know it's going to plateau at, at some point but it just took a long while to get there, get there. so it seemed like very surreal you see mm-hmm. I was doing things so when when is it going to when is it going to plateau when is it going to plateau mm-hmm. like the next is it tomorrow is it tomorrow there will be no one coming anymore you know it's <laughs> always that fear yeah uh-huh. Do you think that's the danger of like, maybe you can say, I don't know six or seven years ago if the, the term viral was there, but I could say your cupcake, yeah. your cupcake went cupcake, viral. Yeah, cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Your cupcake went viral, no? I would say yes. And I don't know what caused it to be so. I think it was just at the point where Instagram was really quite new to mm. the local scene, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone was really um, on it. Mm-hmm. And it, things on there were really more genuine because there was very, very few business accounts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the first few, I would say, local business accounts, Malay Muslim business accounts on Instagram that was promoting something on Instagram. that is very visual, which mm-hmm. is like pretty looking cupcakes, right? Yeah. So it really helped. It really helped that the word of mouth was still authentic at that point of time. Mm. 
there were no influencers if you yeah. if I could coin the term influencers yeah. because everyone was just starting out posting pictures of that morning coffee yeah the MRT. oh my god those were the days you know yeah like and the, the real fil- things the filter Sophia you know yes yes <laughs> no some people go. still it still had like some form of credibility which mm. caused it to be viral but yet people know that it must be good oh my god you went viral without the help of any influencers that was quite amazing I don't think now if I open something else I cannot I don't think I can recreate the same um, effect Mm. even with paid marketing I get it but having said that you built a really really strong brand yes. like if you say like oh I'm eating a fluff cupcake I, everyone knows so touching. a fluff cupcake or a fluff donut or but like yeah, it really made me realize that how the Malay Muslim community can actually support each other yeah you know when For it comes sure. to food we're like number one <laughs> like yes sure. I'm there <laughs> when that happened did you see any much um, quote unquote com- competition like people started making their own cupcakes. Mm, yes. And then there were a lot of um home bakers mm. or even like the commercial bakeries mm-hmm. um would pick up on the on the cupcakes with fillings or yeah. the decoration. Decoration I think is quite general uh, cupcakes but flavors that yeah, I did. Correct. At first it was quite annoying. <laughs> Right? And then some people say that, oh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery or whatever nonsense. But <laughs> it's not about that. I feel that in this food industry, nothing you do is original. Correct. Even what I do yeah. is not original because you are inspired from somewhere else. Yeah. So you can't say that, hey, you copy me. Because yeah. I copied idea from someone else and I to transform it to something else. You yeah. see? So in the food industry, if people never copy, if people never get inspired by someone else, it will just stay stagnant forever. There's no innovation. Now. Yes. It's not just food industry, I guess. I think it's Almost every every industry. So it's inevitable. Yeah. And the only way to keep up with this is to really innovate something new. Yeah. Which we tried by changing our flavors every week. Yeah, you did though. So at first, I tried to create at least one new flavor every week. Mm. But after like two freaking Burn years, out. I'm like, what do I put next week? <laughs> <laughs> it must I be pressurizing. No yes. And people are waiting, oh, is it going to be nice? Is it going to be nice? You know what I mean? Okay, uh, this might be a bad analogy, but it's like Adele having that like heat wonder and then like, you yes. know, like waiting for her next like song. next album. Yeah. yeah. It's like you basically. <laughs> like, waiting for oh you. my God, I'm Adele. <laughs> I mean, don't you... Don't you Does she even know me? <laughs> don't you think so? Like that pressure? I think you felt for that. For me, it was. It was like that. Like I feel that everything I made had to be like super duper nice and had to be super duper creative. I mean, at some point, I did like a potato chip, chocolate, <laughs> serious banana peanut butter cupcake, which was fabulous, by the way. What? Wait but, again? <laughs> I'm what? So this it was is like a, a chocolate remix. cupcake uh-huh. with a banana filling inside, uh-huh. peanut butter frosting, and like chocolate covered potato chips as a topping on top. Wow! It was really really good. But what if is that it called? Is, uh, the whole long name lah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about me is I don't like to. Coin um names yeah, for flavors. Yeah, just, just like chocolate, but then peanut butter, potato chip, like that. Get it, yeah. get it, get it, get it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So my counter staff not to list the. They want to write the flavor, and <laughs> you like f you, Shasha. <laughs> this is too long. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah. Anyway, so I felt like it always had to be that creative. Mm. It always had to be um that um innovative. You know. Mm. Sometimes I'm just like I don't know. I really don't know what to what to mm. put, and I'll I'll do the menu like two hours before before the staff comes in because mm. I really have no idea. 
I completely relate to that. It's like how I feel when I have five hours before I had to publish my next newsletter and I'm like, oh, yeah. The pressure. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess, I think you also come to the realization that not every week is going to be like the best. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about consistency. But it's about the process as well. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So at some point, I just rotated the flavors. I realized mm. I, have, I had more than a hundred flavors. Wow. How many more do I want to That's crazy though. That's amazing. Or put the pressure on myself. Just rotate it, right? And then after a while, you realize a few shining favorites come through. Mm-hmm. People keep asking for them. Ondeonde. Holics. Oh, really? Ondeonde, of course, yeah. Yeah. And ondeonde became like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how and then happened? everybody started making <laughs> ondeonde cake. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's entertaining to watch. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, la, so I rotated instead of having the pressure on myself. Yeah. And then I became lazy. La. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it freed you after that. It did, it did. Now, let's talk about the main man in your life. Noah. Sorry, main Ashraf. Man, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Ashraf. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is no one else. I want to talk about your story of adoption. Yes. And basically the whole thing, like what it's like having a son now. But having said that, can I just please include that Noah is literally the most charming <laughs> baby I've ever seen. Um, I actually had the honors of like meeting him when you just got him. Yes, when he, he was, was like a, a few tiny. weeks old. Yeah, he was tiny. Yeah. Super tiny. And according to Shira's words, he looked like... A grumpy... A judgy old man. A judgy old man <laughs> when he was a baby. He did look like that. But, um, mashallah, he, he's like everyone's son right now. Like, I guess, like, we kind of, like, seen him grow up through yeah. your IG story. The amount of feedback or love that I get from random um, friends or followers on Instagram for, like, supporting him. Yeah. It's so... Kadang-kadang quite overwhelming. For sure. Yeah, but I feel that, wow, he really managed to make people love him. Yeah, and, yeah. like, my sister is completely not paying attention to her job <laughs> and she's just... Playing with Noah. Playing with Noah right but now. we need her, we need her. <laughs> to take care of Noah yeah. for us. Okay, so how has it been? Like, what is the most common question that you get? Be it through, like, the adoption process yep. or being a new mom? Um, I think either way, I get a lot of questions about how the process is yeah. or why I, I wanted to adopt. Uh-huh. And also how it's like being a new mom. Okay. Right? And so it all, like, macam ties in yes, together. Yes, yes. And I, I would say being a new mom is uh, overwhelming. Yeah. And also the happiest moment I've, I mean the best thing I've done in my life Aww. but it's like, so overwhelming because suddenly it's not just about you anymore it's about someone else mm-hmm. and all your needs are like secondary you see mm-hmm. so the adopting thing um, I guess because I know you so like I know like how long you've been married yeah. but like for people who don't know your story maybe you can like share a bit okay. about how you and your husband came to the decision to like adopt because even that was a funny story yes yeah. so uh, what happened was we've been married for about six years six yeah six years now yeah. seven lah we the same seven <laughs> <laughs> you see I need Ida yeah so seven years now and um the f- the first month actually that we got married Ash- we found out that Ashraf had like a brain tumor oh dear yeah um, and that was like um, causing him to lose vision in one eye, which is how we found out. Okay. But um, but he's okay now. I mean, we went to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. The thing is gone. I saw the picture there. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, the tumor is gone and everything. The doctor still don't know why it is or how it went away. And mm-hmm. I just say that it was gone. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. So, um, but the tumor was in the part of the brain that produced all the hormones in your body. Mm-hmm. Right? 
almost all lah, I would say. So it affected a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Amongst one of them is the fertility. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, at that point of time when we first found out, we were just married. So mm-hmm. it was just not, not like still want to enjoy blah, blah blah. So it didn't really fertility wasn't a big part of our lives. And maybe you were just grateful that he's okay. Yes, because yeah. everything else was more important. Like he's alive. Yeah, he's healthy. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So after a while, I mean, I from young I've always wanted to be a mom, mm-hmm. right? Wanted my own family. I think that's the same with a lot of a lot of women as well. Mm-hmm. So when I started thinking about fertility and like. Um, we started to um, look at options. So we were doing treatments that were costing us about $1,000 a month. Mm, that's a lot. It's a lot. And and after a few years, and there was no result still. Mm-hmm. But for Ashraf, he didn't want to give up because he felt like there was still a possibility of him having his own kid, mm-hmm. of us having our own kid. But for me, I wanted a family now and I wanted a family right now. And he, If you are if you are ever going through this um fertility journey or trying to conceive, I you would know that the longing is so real mm. and it gets really really painful. Mm. And whenever how long someone, were you doing it? I think for like three four oh, years. Oh wow, that's a long time. And of course, like this is not something that you don't talk to people about. Yeah, it's something that not many people will share that they are trying to conceive or just you know they try to make light of it. But if you ever go through it, you know that there will be like nights where I just you'll be crying. So I'm always crying. <laughs> To the point where Ashraf will be like, oh, he's crying again. Like, what is it this time, you know? You are crying because of that really serious need for a... Yeah, yeah. This deep longing for a child. Yes. I even felt like, is it because I did too many, like, nonsense in my past? Is it my punishment from God? I know, that mentality. Do I not deserve to be be a mom? Even though, rationally, you know that that is not the answer. Mm. Rationally, you know that if it comes, it comes. You know, all these things, like, if God wants it to to happen, it just happen, right? Mm. Maybe not now. Mm. Maybe just trust God's plan. Rationally, you know all these things. But when you are so emotional, then you're just like... You become irrational. Yes, you become so irrational. Yeah. And then I started to become very resentful as well. Mm. Towards? Towards Ashraf, <laughs> towards the whole situation. Because I felt like, even though I know it's not his fault, <laughs> but I still feel like, damn you! Because <laughs> <laughs> it's convenient. It's convenient to want to blame someone. Correct. It's convenient to want to um, feel better by not... I mean, it's not my fault, but by placing the blame on someone, yeah, essentially. Correct. Yeah, correct. It's the easy way out. Yes, yeah. it is the easy way out. So for a while, I was really resentful towards him. Mm-hmm. Even I know I shouldn't be. It's like crazy, right? I'm sure because I I get this a lot. Like how couples who are trying to conceive, like it really puts pressure and stress on yes. the marriage. Fortunately for me, both our families do not place pressure. any pressure on mm-hmm. us because I think they know our situation as well. Mm. And they know you're trying. Yes, mm. yes. But of course, I try to play it down. Mm. Like, you know, when they say, oh, when like, hi, Raya or whatever. Oh, hi, hey, Raya, when they start asking yes. questions. I'm like, oh, maybe I just buy a baby for NTC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. But yeah, so after a while, my it was actually my mom who suggested like, hey, why don't you just think of adoption? You know, if you want to, maybe in the future can try again, whatever. whatever but mm. why not just think about it? Mm. And of course, me being me, like, ah, okay lah, ma, whatever lah, yeah, 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 I'll think about it to play off what she says. But it kind of gets stuck in my head. Mm. And um, I kind of, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. And I realized, hey, that is actually a solution to, mm. to my problem. Because... Mm. 
I can work towards get, making a getting like a family now, making a family now. At the same time, we could still try if Ashraf's um treatment or mm. and stuff like that. Mm. But trying to tell, I mean, a woman and a man not not the same. I was the one with the longing. Ashraf was like totally fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, less problems. <laughs> so trying to convince a man yeah. to want to adopt a kid that is not his own might be a problem for some couples. Yeah. But for Ashraf, he warmed up to it quite quickly. Uh-huh. Of course, he had his like, reservations. Mm-hmm. But I told him like, if you could love someone like like me, if you could love me, and I'm not his like blood and flesh, mm-hmm. why can't he love a baby that he's gonna take care from from birth? That's a good rational, right? Yeah. And then slowly, I started to explore what are the steps to adopt because Singapore. if I feel that being um getting more information about it, being educated about the process, about how it's gonna be. You are more in well informed, and yeah. you are more. You can make a better decision. Yes, and you are more stable emotionally as well because you know what's next instead of like, oh no, what do I do next? Blah blah. blah. You know what's coming next, so you're okay. Okay, you can like, calm yourself down. Mm. So then I started to share this process with Ashraf, and the more I talk about it, the more I talk about it, the more he warmed up to it. Mm-hmm. And then soon we will just we just agreed. Let's just do this. Let's mm. just start the process. It's going to take some time and if ever in the future we want to have our own baby, we can start this treatment you can try again. again. Mm. I mean, it's not the end of the road. You see, the doctor still think there might be a chance. Mm. Right? And I was so happy. But of course, with adoption comes a lot of things. For example, the financial strain mm. of adopting, the emotional strain as well. There's all this paperwork to be done which is, oh, nonsense. Mm. The good thing about Singapore is that they are strict, but that's also a bad thing. <laughs> they are very thorough. Mm. You really look into your personal life, your financial um, status, your family members, the family members, mental health. Everybody. Um, they don't interview everybody, but you have to declare. You have to declare all oh. things, and they interview you and your husband for sure. Yeah. So they try to get a like a feel of but who you are as a unit, as mm. you and hus- you and your husband as a unit, and if you are suitable to be parents, adoptive parents. And then it's just financially draining because even though it's not all at one time, the payments, but it's just like, you know, constantly there's something to be paid for. Blah, so blah, blah. all this payment is like admin payment, like payment to kick off the application. Yes. yes. Oh. For example, for them to do like a thorough check at the home study, it's like a thousand five. Serious? Yeah. You pay people to study you? Yes. Like, why? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so like even the before you do anything you need to go for your adoption briefing. So that's like a little bit of money and then it's a little bit and then it's a little bit. Yeah, that's but up. Of la. course, um the bulk of it comes when the when the baby comes. Mm. Yeah. So and you don't know when the baby's gonna come. Exactly. Yeah. So so after all this they'll be like, Okay, we'll match you up with a baby. And then like Mr. Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> so the agency will actually when the baby comes, the agency will try to match the baby with the best possible parent for the baby. Okay, but according to what factors? According to maybe the baby's um ethnicity. Oh, okay, or, okay. You know things like that. Yeah. I don't know how how they match the baby with uh the parents. Mm-hmm. But for example, Noah is like Indonesian, Jawa, and like Indonesia bit. So that's what me and Ashraf uh mm. you know it's like still kind of look similar. In interesting, in interesting. Um, also timing as well. Sometimes the agency says. In a month, there can be no babies. Mm. But sometimes, there are like three babies. Mm. Yeah. 
Interesting. And even when you got the news that you will be receiving Noah, that was yes. super last minute as well, right? Yeah, so we were actually just called in to have a chat. Yeah. To like um have a little bit of an interview about our financial situation and then also to um explore options. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I came in like my um overalls and my carousel bag, you know. <laughs> And then that was at like 2 p.m. Then at 3 p.m. we were like, okay, you can pick the baby up from the hospital at 5 p.m. today discharge. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this came out of nowhere. Well, of course, I I was like freaking happy, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to play cool with orang. But Comfort, you were so excited. <laughs> I was. I was so excited. Wait, did they show you pictures? So the thing was, we found out we were going to get a baby before we even saw any photos. Okay. The first photo, this photo was actually the photo that the agency showed us. Oh. She was like, oh, I haven't shown you a photo, right? I'm like, yes, please. I need to see a photo, right? And it was this photo that, oh. that she showed us, the kakak showed us. Can I take a photo of this later? Yes. And of course, Noah is now known as the Gumo King. The what? Have, the Gumo King. What's that? The baby vomit. I should have known because this photo, look. Baby oh, vomit. Yeah. <laughs> I did not even see the vomit. It You're was Allah. a sign. <laughs> Oh my god, he looks so precious here, mashallah. Yeah, and it's like so overwhelming because all these emotions like mm. come up. You want to cry, you want to like smile, but you're in front of a agent, right? So you're yeah, like, you got to yeah, be composed. Sure. Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. And then I called my mom and then I called my dad and my best friends and I didn't have anything. As in, we were not prepared to have a baby. Yeah. We didn't have diapers, we yeah, didn't have yeah. a cot, yeah. nothing. So we were like, we have like two hours to go to mother care and shop. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. It's the most expensive um shopping trip of my life. In two hours. <laughs> so yes. what do you buy? Like, so we're like, okay, what do we need? Uh, okay, socks. What do we need? Do we need bottles? <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. But then what, what was more important to me was that I know of someone who in my family, not in my immediate family, but in my distant family, who adopted as well. Are you excited? <laughs> and what happened was she managed to produce um, breast milk mm. and breastfeed her adopted child. Mm. So I've always known that this was an option. So yeah, I was yeah, yeah. very, very interested in that. Yeah, because um, my sister-in-law is a doula and we have been talking about adoption and yep. that was the primary concern I have, like feeding like the yes. adopted baby, right? And she's like, yeah, you can totally like stimulate yes. uh, milk. If Correct. you massage and many Correct. other things so that you have I to do. So I thought I had time. Mm. See, because it depends, your approach to inducing lactation depends on time. Mm. So I thought I had, thi- I, I had time. So I was just going to make an appointment with the gynae. I was going to kickstart the whole thing. I wanted to have some breast milk in the freezer before the baby came, you mm. know. But then we got Noah very, very suddenly. Mm. So I, I found myself calling the gynae and said, I need to come tomorrow. I have a baby already. Mm. Right, so then the journey began and it was very, very interesting because you had to like pump every three hours. Yeah. She gave me medication as well. Yeah. Medication and also some hormones. Okay, wow. So it, because the baby was really there. Yeah. Right? But if you had time, time. If I had time, it could have been more natural. Got it. Right? Mm. It could have been more natural, maybe um, stress-free as well. Mm. Because there's no pressing need. <laughs> yeah. So, pun intended. <laughs> yes. But it was fun. It was something new and exciting and yeah. I was very happy to go through that journey. Hey, and I was cheering you on. Like, you know, because you had like that countdown like of how yes, many feet. how many feet to go. How many feet to go. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah. But the, the first time when the milk came out, I was like, wow, there's something coming <laughs> out. I should have come here and look. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god yeah. that's so funny but i i like that you made it like i don't know i feel like you know all those nights that you were crying and that you were yes. angry like i had to make it count for something yeah see? yeah which allah really planned everything for you like the baby yes. came surprise the milk came surprise yes <laughs> and even my guy she was like yeah the milk is there i can see it i can see it great congratulations i'm like yeah dude <laughs> But are you still breastfeeding or you stopped? I know, so I stopped. It, it was just to meet the uh, minimum requirement, right? That was my right? goal. Yeah. And if after that it could happen conveniently for me, that I would continue. But the medication made me really put on weight mm, because it was you had to hormones. Yeah. So it really um has some effects on your body for sure. Yeah. So I was. I guess that was your pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. Since you know, of. since you skip all that, yes, you still meant you Especially did not have the to giving birth part. Yeah, you did not have to meneran. <laughs> yes, so uh, yeah, but <laughs> gross. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that that. So I feel like that was like my sacrifice. Yeah, and he is forever gonna have part of me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so oh, I really really wanted that for myself. And I'm really happy that it worked out. And I thought it would, honestly, I thought it would be more painful mm-hmm. because through, from all the collective like research I've done on the net, mm-hmm. people were saying that they will be bleeding, oh god, be blisters. Because there's nothing, you're just pumping. Yeah, you're pumping every three hours. Oh, wow, nothing, right? Yeah. But Hamira, for me, there was no blisters or bleeding. It's just quite a painless process. But my problem was that I was uh, having very low supply, so it took me a long time. So I was pumping for like a week before I had enough like. Or feed, mm. you see, or even lesser than that. Mm. So it really took a long time, and also after I managed to fulfill the the feeds needed to make him my mahram, I was like, I'll be pumping for an hour, and I'll get twelve mL, mm. and that's really really little. Baby will drink about ninety to hundred and twenty mL, oh, and wow. I have twelve after an hour of pumping wow. and hand expressing after that. Oh wow! So it's really time consuming, and I had a life. I wasn't a confinement. I had a life. I was going out. I was going to work. I was carrying him everywhere. You know. Yeah, you did. So it took out a lot of my time, mm. and I was like, eh, don't need lah. So I, of course, to the dismay of my mom. <laughs> but you did okay. Um, what what's the minimum? Like, I just want to know. Upper feet. Yeah. So it's um five to seven feet. Oh, and one feet is ninety mL. No, depending until the child kenyang. Oh, so until he burped. Um, how yeah, do you know he kenyang? Correct. So there's like a guideline of how much a child drinks. Mm. So until they don't want it anymore. Oh, okay. That's a good indication. Yes, correct. Got it, got it. Yeah. So the time was a, a factor because as they grow older, they drink more. Oh, so you needed to like... Yes. Okay, faham. So let's say a ba- a newborn stomach is the size of a peanut. Okay. But they grow very, very fast. Okay. As soon as they're two, three months, they drink more and more and more and more. Uh, you have to produce more and more and more. Yeah. So you needed to like... Immediately. Like, yeah. Let's just do it while he's still drinking very little. Fulfill the mission. Not like, it's before two years old, yes. But at two years old, <laughs> how much are they drinking? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Okay. Alhamdulillah, congratulations oh, again. Like you. when you posted on IG stories, like, like we did it today. Like, you know, Yay! I was like, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> that was a good yeah, one. I felt like that was one of the biggest achievements of... Of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Like pumping yeah, milk out of nothing. Exactly. Okay, I want to bring back to this line that you actually just shared with us earlier when we were having lunch. You said yeah. that when you have a baby, they should fit into your life. Yes, I strongly believe in that. And it is much more easier to say it than to practice really it. practice it or leave it. Okay. But I try. I try really hard to make myself remember that it is not all about the baby. Yeah. I'm still an individual. I still have a husband. I still have parents and family and friends. So the baby should fit into my life. Yeah. As much as possible. Yeah. But of course, there are some things that you, know, you can't help. Yeah. Right? You, you were saying that 
I'm obsessed with nowhere. With nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with Noah. Yes. But I still have my own. Yes, my and own yet, thing. it was hard to practice it mm. because at first you're really obsessed with the baby. Yeah, for sure. Everything is about the baby. But after a while, really exhaustion just kicks in, mm. and, and that's it, when you need okay me time. Yes. Mm. So now I try to regularly schedule gym time or friends time or coffee time without Noah. Mm. So I will try to go at times where it's more convenient for the other caregiver, which is Ashraf. Mm. Faham. For example, in the mornings when he's still sleeping, I'll go and have a coffee at the gym. Mm. Or like maybe at 12.30 where it's not too late. Mm-hmm. Where he doesn't need much. Mm-hmm. When he's just waking up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you want to leave a baby with someone, you have to make sure that you don't inconvenience the other person as well. That's true. But That's very considerate. But of course, I said as best as possible, you should try. Some people really adapt very well to being mothers. Mm. But some people have a really, really tough time. Mm. And I think finding some time for yourself makes it easier. Mm. Because you you remember, or you get to feel like yourself again. Yeah. And then you come back to your family more energized, rejuvenated, and, and you're a you better can, mom, I yeah, feel. Yeah, exactly. If, I remember there was a point where I was snapping at Ashraf, snapping at Noah, snapping at everyone else. I was so exhausted. Mm. I think that's yeah. something that needs to be talked about because um a lot of it is guilt like if yes. you take time for yourself yes. like they call it like the mother's guilt or something yes and i feel that it's a generational thing as well think about it okay during the time of our parents mm-hmm. there was a village mm-hmm. not a literal village but there was a village of support mm. right there were more people aunties People went in and out of your parents' houses, yeah. nenek houses. Because there were a lot of hands. There were a lot of hands. You could pass off the baby to mm-hmm. many people yeah. and you could still have some time for yourself. Yeah. But nowadays, people all live behind closed doors yeah. in the HDB flats by themselves. That's true though. How many of you actually live with the parents yeah. and you have work commitments? Yeah. So it's really, the village is Getting gone. smaller. Getting smaller or and gone. Yeah. For some people, there are no village. That's true though. So just themselves. And it's really very overwhelming because that's all you see every day. You're just waiting for the baby, for the baby to cry. When is it time the baby will cry? And you start to like, you know, really re- sometimes resent the baby. Mm. There are nights where I'll be like screaming at the world like, what do you want? I don't know what you want, Noah. Mm. Just go to sleep. Mm. You know, there are nights like that. But, then I realized that I need to take some time for myself. If I don't feel like I can handle a baby, mm. then I'm not going to be a good mom. I'm not going to be a good wife. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. like you said, you were like snapping at everyone, right? And nowadays, I feel like there is so much pressure to be the best Perfect mom, mom in the world, okay? You have to give your child the best food, the best clothes, the best education, blah, blah, blah. Everything has to be the best. Everything has to be organic. Yes. And I feel like it's nonsense because we're all humans. Yeah. Right? That's true. We, I didn't have organic stuff. I I got fine. Yeah, I watched a lot of TV. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe that screwed me up a little bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you don't have to be the perfect mom. Yeah. You just have to be the best, the best mom. mom you can be. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, having said that, I'm very curious. So there was something that you said to me quite early on after you got Noah that you would very much um want to like make it known that he yep. was adopted. Yes. Um. That it's not something that you're trying to hide or protect yes. him from. And Correct. I thought that was like a very good position to have. I think secrets just make it all the yeah. more it's awkward. It's like the white elephant in the room. Yeah. And you and your immediate family might keep it a secret. Yeah. But the people, the people who know, 
who might be around the child yeah. might let it slip. For example, yeah. um, if someone is Noah's friend, but that someone has a mom who say, "Oh, your friend Noah is adopted." Yeah, and mean the kids. You yeah. don't know what it means. Yeah. But while playing, like, oh, your mom told me, my mom tell me you're adopted. <laughs> and when you begin to understand what it means, yeah. it really affects you. right? Yeah. So you might be able, to be able to keep it a secret, but can the whole world keep it a secret? And why should it even be kept a secret? Exactly. Like it's, I don't think it's something shameful. Not at I all. I think it's something great. It's great not just for me, but for his birth family. Yeah. Because we bo- are both... Helping each other out of a tough time, mm. right? Yeah, and it's a it's a great sunnah, like yes. the prophet does it. Yes. Um, and like you said, I don't think it's a shameful thing, especially if it was done like through proper yes. channels, which it, it it were, and it's really for the best for Noah. Yes, and I feel that it is important to me to bring up a child who has a great sense of identity. Yeah. Right? Imagine if you suddenly somehow find out you're adopted at like 20 plus or when you're oh a teenager. You're, when you're a teenager, your whole identity is still building up. You're so yeah. hormonal, blah, blah, blah. And your whole identity crumbles when yeah. you find out this thing. Everything's a lie. Everything is a lie. My mother is not my mother. Yes. Yeah. But I want him to grow up knowing that he is adopted and mm. to build on that identity as, a, as an adopted child. Yeah. And, be and make secure. it his strength. Yes. Mm. To own it. To make it his strength. To be secure with the identity, right? Mm. And to know that this is a choice that he's that I made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inshallah. I really think it's it's a noble thing that you're doing. And um, um, I do have like, um, I think the older generation tend to keep it a secret because they don't want the child to run away or to love you less or suddenly not love you anymore. But I feel that that is just their insecurities yeah. coming out. Yeah. Right? And, and running their lives after th- after that. It's, yeah. it's really horrible. For example, it, I have a family friend, I would say, who was shocked that I actually put it on Instagram, that I'm so open on everything, that I adopted a kid. Really? How can you do that? How can you tell everyone? Oh my god, I don't know. And I'm like, why not? Right? I mean, it, she said that. Like, why do you want to book up Aib? Who's Aib? Right? It's like, huh? What Aib? There's nothing to be shameful about. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I need to hide. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either coming from a place of insecurity or a place of um not being educated enough Correct. about adoption. Correct. Yeah. To be honest, like Karim and I have been thinking about adoption. Oh, great. Um, and I always tell him like, you know, we have to tell the Shira and her husband. Like, they <laughs> yeah, did it. Yeah, correct. Um, but I think also, you do not just share like the rainbows and colorful flowers on the adoption side. You you did like share about like how hard is it? Like, it you is. know, how it will put a strain on you. Um, And after adopting, you are thrown into like motherhood. Yes. Like, you know how like when you're pregnant, you're prepared for nine months. Yes. But you had two hours. Yes. So as I was saying, I waited so long to have a baby crying in my house. I waited so long to hold him, but that doesn't make it any easier. For sure. Yeah, yeah. doesn't make it a single bit easier. The waiting doesn't mean that you are suddenly equipped mm. to deal with all this when mm. it finally happens for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Wow, mashallah. Thank you so much, Shaira. Yeah, that was that. a good one. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's play a game. Okay. Okay. So since you're known for like great cupcakes and good food. <laughs> And like, you're basically hostess with the mostest. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I, I I have like five made-up scenarios. Okay. And I want you to tell me like, what food is best for each scenario? Okay, I'll try my best. Like to prepare or, you know. 
Okay, so the first scenario is when your sister has a period cramp and is super PMSy. What food do you give her? Junk food. <laughs> So make like brownies or something super salty, yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. a nacho dip. Yeah, oh my god, like that. that's what I would. This is the best comfort food. Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay, I love how you say it with like no shame. Like you know, junk food. You, you don't like life. <laughs> <laughs> if you open my snack drawer right now, it's overflowing. <laughs> okay, the second situation is um, what food is best for a rainy day, lounging at home kind of vibe. Something like soupy, mm. right? Like comforting and warm, like a stew. Yeah, with like mashed potatoes. Oh my god! Yes, yes, that's nice. Something I could, like I could see that stew and mashed potatoes. Yeah. Okay, and then the, uh, on some Netflix. Yeah, it's life, man. <laughs> Rainy day, Netflix day. <laughs> okay, third situation. Yes, when you have an early flight the next day. Oh, something you can prep in advance. Something like a sandwich. Okay, but of course, guys, when you make a sandwich, please jazz it up. Do not place two cucumbers and call it a day. <laughs> oh my, I feel attacked. I feel super attacked. So what I do is, I'll just raid my fridge. Okay. For example, the most random sandwich I've ever made had um a uh, hummus, mm-hmm. had a uh, beef sausage in it. Mm-hmm. Had carrots, cucumbers. It had potato chips in it. What? Try to think of different elements of texture and yeah. taste. Yes, that and I cheese as well, and cheese. I would eat that. I think. And mustard. Oh wow! <laughs> so there was everything in this sandwich. But when you talk about, it, it's like yes, <laughs> that's a Shira sandwich. <laughs> okay, so I will endeavor to make my sandwich yeah. a little bit more sassier. Up, yeah. yeah. Fourth situation. What food would you bring the first time you will meet your future mother-in-law? Of course, lah, my cupcakes. <laughs> no, I usually bring dessert. Okay. Yeah, because um, your mother-in-law would want to cook something as well. That's true. So she you wants not to, want to overshadow star. her. Correct. Her mains are like okay, don't touch that. Okay. Yeah. So you do the dessert, something more like minor. And yeah. Like, oh, oh but, by the way. Yes. Okay. What's the easiest dessert for people who don't know how to bake like me? Okay. I would say panna cotta. Apa benda tu lah? <laughs> <laughs> is that an ice cream? <laughs> it's that? like the panna cotta is like a cream jelly. Let me Google this thing. With like a fruit compote or something over it. Or like a creme, creme caramel pudding. Basically like a pudding. Okay, pudding I know. Yes. Because it uses very little ingredients. Mm-hmm. And you can barely screw it up. It's really, really very easy. Oh, it, it looks good leh. Yeah. yeah. It's Italian, right? Yes. And the panna cotta is essentially cream, sugar, vanilla, and gelatin. That sounds so unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the bomb. But it looks good. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip to note. You guys who are getting married. <laughs> okay, the fifth scenario is actually inspired by your IG story yesterday. When oh. your husband has an essay deadline and... <laughs> He's unmotivated. <laughs> what will you feed him? What will I feed him? I won't even feed him. What? I'll leave him alone. I said to do his freaking work. Really? You won't give him an like energy booster? No, like I'll probably fix him like a grazing uh, plate. What's a grazing plate? Why is this all this like fancy words? It's basically a more fancy term for like a snack platter. Okay. So basically like a cut like some cheese, put some nuts, put some keropok, put some like cookies or something like a plateau of snacks that. of yeah, sorts. Yeah, something easy to munch on yes. while you work, right? Correct. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Ashraf, you're so lucky. <laughs> 
Okay, so I also want to pick your brain about this quote that I kind of saw on Instagram. Sure. So this person said, two important lessons I learned in my 20s. Number mm-hmm. one, if you think everyone hates you, you probably need to sleep. And number two, <laughs> if you think you hate everyone, you probably need to eat. Do you think there's truth in that? Um, that sleep, that sleep and that. E- that sleep and eat cures all problems. It does. It does. Basically, when do you get okay? When do I get really really cranky? Is it when I'm yeah I'm very grumpy when I just wake up in the morning? Yeah. Or when I'm really really hungry? Yeah, yeah that's true. That's even saying I don't mean the things I say when I'm hungry. Oh yeah, that T-shirt that I want to buy for yeah. my husband. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's really a, people get know. hangry, right? I know, I know, I know. Because it's like the two things that are. That you have no not, not no control over that you really just will affect your mood. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. There's so much truth okay. in that. But phrase. between right now, the Shira at thirty three years old right yeah. now, would you choose sleep over good food or you would you choose good food over sleep? I would choose sleep right? because I'm a new mom. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you had a good like seven hours of sleep? Um you know what? It is actually not so bad for me. Because I have Ashraf. Mm-hmm. So, what happens is, Noah and I, we sleep really late. So, we Noah will sleep at about 11 plus or midnight. Uh-huh. And usually, he will wake up at in the morning about 9 or okay. 10. Oh, that's a good like sleep cycle. Sometimes, some days, some nights, they are like... He wakes up to feed lah. Or just cry for no reason, right? <laughs> but usually, he wakes up about 9 or 10. And I will wake up, come out to Ashraf... Hand over the kid to Ashraf and I'll go back to sleep. Mm. <laughs> Your turn. Mm, got right? it. Right? So I get to, I do get like some sleep because he knows I'm a monster when I'm like super cranky. When you don't have enough sleep. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I think I don't even have children, but I'll choose sleep <laughs> over like good food yeah. any day. I'm just really lucky to have a husband who has a flexible timing yeah. for work as well. So yeah. we could both co parent. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Oh, so there's another thing that, um, I just read this morning and I was like, hmm, this is something that I might want to talk to Shaira and pick her brain about. So basically, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know her, right? Yes. Um, actress, organic, everything. Yeah, did yes. you watch the Netflix series? It was the so what? weird. No. The cooking thing, is it? No, it's called The Goop, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw I saw the promo picture but yeah. I didn't click on it. Click on it. Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> Gwyneth okay. Paltrow, mm-hmm. so she had like, a kind of like a close um, a get together with her friends in her home mm-hmm. and she encouraged everyone to come makeup free. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, right? So I was like, I thought that was great. Um, But I also wanted to know what you think about this because it's not like you're a makeup buff or, no, or junk or anything. No, I just don't have any makeup at all. Yeah, okay. but I want to know like, do you think because you run your own company so you're a professional woman but you also are a mom so, do you get dressed up? Do you don't bother anymore? Do you... What's what's your take I've on makeup? I've actually been on both sides of the of the coin. Uh-huh. Okay? I've had so much makeup on my face that actually when you slap the makeup, my like... You <laughs> <laughs> like fly like... Ricochet. <laughs> ricochet <laughs> off my face. I, I've, had, I've had that before. But after I started with life, I started to not care mm-hmm. about makeup. So, I would really go out with not an inch of makeup on my face. Mm-hmm. And one day, Asha looked at me and said, "You dah mandi ke belum?" She said, "To have you taken a shower today?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and we were out at the cafe, and I was like, "Duh! Of course I have." So it makes me kind of like, okay, there has to be like, a balance, a balance, okay. right? So as 
And I've also had moments or months where I'm very confident about my skin. Mm-hmm. And then like a hormonal patch occurs and I'm like breaking out so bad. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I just want to slap some foundation on. Yeah, so then I can't say I'm an advocate for no makeup because there are some things I just want to hide my flaws. Yeah. Right, but having a no makeup party is great because everyone has no makeup I'll on. I'll be like, I'll come in my pajamas. I'll be yeah. so like comfortable. Exactly, it will make you feel vulnerable mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally as well because you are like trying nothing to hide. Yeah, There's nothing to hide your flaws. Yeah. So when everyone's at the same state of mind, yeah, I think you get a more honest conversation and a more more honest company as okay, well. Okay, and then I was thinking, right, mm-hmm. if you were to be invited to like this no makeup party. Yeah. Would it matter who are your who are the guests? Yes. Because dude, I've seen people who are naturally who naturally look like beauty queens when they just woke up from bed. Yeah. And that is not me. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine if it's that it's like you uh-huh. and then all the invitees are I like, like Cindy the Crawford, models. Yeah. Of course you'll feel like, oh dear God, why am I even here? Okay, so the the rule is everybody must be ugly together. Lah. Yes. <laughs> Have to be the same standard. <laughs> but I, I'm already thinking like sometimes when I meet my my really good friends, like friends that I've been friends for like 10, 15 over years, yep. I do go to their houses without like makeup and like yep. just wearing like pajamas. Because you're already so comfortable with exactly. them. You don't have to hide anything. So As compared to imagine when you first go for like a work interview. Yeah, confirm lah. Like full makeup on, yeah, right? Because confirm. you want to look... Your, your best commerce best yeah but what is really best i know yeah. but having said that so i wanted to know like do you think you going barefaced mm-hmm. is associated with you being comfortable with that person yes i really really think so because if i'm going out with someone that i barely know or i'm not as comfortable with or, yeah or there's any photo taking involved i'm putting on some makeup my face because i want to <laughs> show the world my best because yeah. I'm insecure. I think everyone is insecure. Yeah. In it, a world where makeup cool is a big see. industry. Yeah. You see? Where everyone looks so perfect mm. all the time on Instagram, on magazine, blah, blah, blah. So who really shows their real faces anywhere? There's like... To be able to do that takes a lot of confidence for and sure. courage. Yeah. It, there's some truth like that you said that everybody is insecure. It's just some people are like they hide it really well or like yes. it's very, very minimum. Yes. But I don't think anyone is like super like confident. Or, I think that, no that's like perfect. narcissism. That's why someone's always insecure about something. Yeah. Because no human is perfect. That's true, right? And I think we are our harshest critics because we For know sure. all our flaws. For the sure. Best. One of the last things I want to talk to you about okay. is like this whole Mina. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come back to our roots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so your Instagram bio... <laughs> <laughs> it's Mina from the blog. It's Shasha from the blog. Uh, yeah, yeah. And below entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> so, so I have a lot of identities, guys. Yeah, so I love that you I don't know because Mina is like this It's not derogatory, but it's a term that's made fun of. Yes. Right? It's made fun of. For like being like the typical not so educated, maybe. Not so refined. Not so refined, not so elegant. But I think at the core of who I am, of all who, who we all are, before we even learn what is elegance and yeah. how to put on a front to be more like cool, we're yeah. all quite kental inside, <laughs> no? Wait, where do you think that came from? Like Amina? Amina. I think it's Amina. Basically, I feel that all and Malay girls Ahmad, are Minas. And Ahmad is Mat, right? Or like Mohamed. 
Oh. Right? So all Malay girls are minas and all Malay guys are muts. It's just whether you want to embrace it or not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And you embrace it. Yes, because I'm from Chachukang. <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> hey, but you know we get a lot of hate for being in Chachukang. Like, if for we're being not, Westsiders, right? Yeah, if we're not from the East, then we're lame. Like, hello. Like, you're not cool. What, hello. what does that mean? We have lot one. <laughs> And Bukit Panjang Plaza, okay? <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I guess that's just own it, right? Just mm. embrace who you are. And that really helps you stay, I would say, grounded. Mm. Because I always remember where you came from. <laughs> like, from the block! <laughs> that's from J-Lo, by the way. I know. <laughs> yeah, I love that song, eh? Right? Yeah. And we grew up with the, the, the J-Lo thing. Yeah, exactly. That was, yeah. Our, that was our and jam yeah. back then. Now I don't know what they listen to. I'm going to music nowadays. Okay, Shara. So, um, okay. as we wrap this up, I always ask the same question to my guests. Mm-hmm. What do you think will be or has been the word of the year for you? I think it's quite obvious for me. A uh, word of the year is like, mom. <laughs> 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 because it's really like taken over my whole life. Mm-hmm. But it's really the best thing I've I've done. And I've waited a long ass time for it. So, mm. Yeah. That's a nice one. Mom. And that could be like, you know, being a mom to Noah, but also yeah. being a mom to like all the other businesses or projects that are that might be in store for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you're a mom to your husband? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we have to be. <laughs> so it's an all encompassing yes. role, mashallah. Okay, that's a good one. I always remember the answer. Mom, mom is the word of the year. For me, yeah. This, yeah. At this time. Okay. So thank you, Shaira, for thank like you. being on the show and being so brave to share your stories and for letting me crash your house. And <laughs> it let- was fun. Letting Noah like just play on the mat in front of <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, now he can hear his voice. Yeah, <laughs> Noah, our guest. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, um, and with that, we'll see you on the next episode, inshallah. Thank you, Shaira, once again. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. I hope you took away a new idea, a new perspective, or maybe even got you in the mood to do some soul reflection, inshallah. There's so much more good stuff coming up on the Ida Azlin show, so be sure to follow. And only if you want to, you can also share this episode all over the internet. You'll make my day if you do. If you want to hear more from me, I also write a love letter every Tuesday to over 60,000 ladies from all around the world and I'd love for you to join us. To subscribe for free, you can go on over to idaazlin.com and enter your email address and inshallah, the following Tuesday, you'll get your first love letter from me delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, this podcast is proudly sponsored by AA+, the premium monthly membership program for curious seekers. Here's what some of the girls have to say about it. Hidayah says, You know what, Ida? I unsubscribe Netflix because I think AA+, is way better than it. I really enjoy AA+, it's worth my money and my time. Kina says, never regretted joining AA+. I love all of the content and I've seen a lot of progress within me ever since I joined the community. I feel extremely blessed to be able to listen, to read and to learn from all of the content being shared on AA+. If you guys want to join Hidayah and Kina and the rest of the AA+, champions, or if you want to know more about AA+, simply head on over to aaplus.co and let us take care of the rest. 
And with that, thank you guys once again. I'll see you guys very soon, inshallah. Bye.